0: Well, hello everyone, this is JB with NBW Ministries proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. And we're coming to you today not from the tall timbers of Colorado, but as I mentioned yesterday, we're here in the Gulf Coast area of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Wendy and I are here for a conference at Victory Baptist Church. And I'm here this morning with Dr. Wayne D'Artez, the pastor at Victory Baptist, and I'll bring him on here uh, in just a moment. It's Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024, And uh, boy, we're having a great time with the folks here. Spoke twice on Sunday, once last night. All three of those messages are posted at uh, notbyworks.org and also at our Rumble channel. So I encourage you to go back and watch those videos. Uh, And then um, we've got one more session tonight. So if you happen to be down in the Southeast Texas area, I encourage you to come on over and uh, see us tonight, seven o'clock local time here in Lake Charles Louisiana. But I'm going to be talking with Dr. D'Artez here in just a moment about uh, his perspective on the signs of the times. You know, he's one of those uh, pastors that's becoming more and more rare these days who really uh, understands the importance of teaching the whole counsel of God and particularly teaching Bible prophecy in these great last days of deception. And so we're going to be talking with him about some signs of the times and in particular, the militarization of the police. I'll bring him on here ...in just a moment, but want to mention that we are into our heavy travel season, so we'll head home, uh, start the trip home tomorrow, and be back at the Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver area the next two Sundays. But then we turn right around and leave again, and we're on the road for about four weeks, a little more than four weeks actually, and I'll be speaking at four different conferences and churches down in the southeastern United States, starting with Atlanta and then on to uh, Florida... So all of those events are listed on the events tab of the Not By Works website. And I encourage you, if you're in that area, to come by and see us at those conferences. We will be continuing our podcast. Got a great bunch of uh, guests lined up and uh, really looking forward uh, to that trip. And we'll also, as much as possible anyway, post the messages that I give at these conferences. You know, some conferences uh, prefer that we not post them because they either sell them as a streaming content or something like that. But most of the time we're able to repost kind of like we're doing here at Victory Baptist. Uh, So watch for that information. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to yesterday's podcast with our resident technologist, Shane, I encourage you to check that out. He gave some great updates on uh, all that's going on in the world of technology. We've got a great week ahead as well. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, is our weekly world events update with Randy. Uh, On Thursday, first time guest, but really one of the leaders in exposing the Luciferian conspiracy, a hero of mine for the last 20 years. That's Joel Skousen will be with us on Thursday. If you don't know that name, believe me, after the interview, uh, you will know it very well. So you don't want to miss Thursday's podcast. And then on Friday, we've got the Christian Underground News Network back with us. Curtis Chamberlain talking about fear, food, firearms, and freedom. Well, before I bring uh, Dr. Wayne on, I want to mention our verse for the day. I've actually got two, both of them from Romans chapter 12. Romans is Paul's magnum opus that he wrote uh, around 56 57 AD from Corinth on his third missionary journey and at the end of the book there he gives some practical admonition to believers and I think this is something we need to take to heart for such a time as this in verse 9 of Romans chapter 12 he says let love be without hypocrisy and then listen to this abhor what is evil and cling to what is good abhor what is evil cling to what is good and that is a So important to remember in these great last days of deception where evil is called good, good is called evil. We need to distinguish between the two, which we can do through the power of the Spirit and the truth of God's Word as our standard. And uh, the Bible tells us to cling to what is good, not evil. But it goes on to say, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's what we hope you are striving to do as you walk in the Spirit. Uh, Walk not after the lust of the flesh and uh, seek to do what is good and be a light, as Paul says, shining in this perverse generation. So uh, I hope that encourages you the way it encouraged me today. But let me uh, introduce uh, uh, my dear friend, Dr. Wayne Dartez. Wayne, thanks for being with us today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So he is at Victory Baptist Church here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I first met him at a conference. I think it was in Tulsa. It could have been in Dallas. Uh, We've crossed paths a few times. Uh, like myself, he's a, a student of Bible prophecy. Great man of God, and uh, and so he invited me to come here. I think four years ago, and a lot's changed since then. That was right before everything went crazy with COVID. We came in January of 2020, and uh, and then of course everything's lots gone on since then. But so glad to be back with you. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, kind of how you came to Victory Baptist, and and a little bit about the history of the church.
1: Well, uh, I'm a born and bred Cajun, um, nestled right here in Cajun country. I guess you can tell by my accent. When I went to Bible college, they used to ask me uh, what country I was a missionary to <laughs> <laughs> because of the accent. But and I never thought I had an accent. Still don't really think so. But some people tell me I do. Um, uh, my grandmother was a praying grandmother. I believe mm. she just pestered the Lord so much. She'll so finally he called me to the ministry. Mm. Uh, I don't know any other reason. I'm just pretty, <laughs> pretty simple, uh, country bread guy. Uh, not, not really complicated at all. <clears throat> but uh, the Lord did call me to preach, and uh, I was associate pastor for five years to a great man of God, Dr. Bob Sinsat, mm. well known nationally years ago. Uh, not so many people know him anymore. He's uh, been gone a number of years, 30 Mm. or 40 years now, uh, 40 years. Wow. And uh, he uh, was, you know, was very prominent. Uh, I came up under him. I was his associate pastor for five years, learned a lot, went to Bible college. I had already graduated from McNeese State University here, went to Bible college, and uh, from there at the seminary and ended up with a doctor's degree in theology. Uh, After that, this church in Lake Charles, Victory Baptist, came available. I had I had uh substituted for the former pastor who was a friend of mine and uh and the church you know just I was kind of substituting while he was away and uh, the church decided to hear me in view of a call mm-hmm. uh and ended up calling me and mm-hmm. so I you know I was mid pastor ever since uh, that's 39
0: years is that right going on 39 years wow. yeah uh
1: when I first came they they had never had a pastor the the church was founded in uh 1965 um and no pastor had ever stayed more than three years. And so they really didn't think I was going to stay. Uh, and uh, I, I felt like, you know, God called me to stay. And of course, I've been here ever since. <laughs> <The long time. laughs> and so, yeah, I've been here. We, we do have a private Christian school uh, that we've had that's 40 years old uh, and the same principal ever since then and some of the same teachers <laughs> so we you know we're, we're pretty well established here in the community
0: yeah um, and you're the principal right no
1: i'm the pastor oh. the, i don't principal the school
0: okay but you're, you've had the same principal the yes right time. yes wow, yes
1: crazy. she's uh she's thinking now about retirement <laughs> but kind of thinking in that direction we do have a co-principal that we'll fill in when she does retire but <laughs> uh yeah god's been gracious to provide that leadership wow you know
0: you're talking about the no pastor had been here more than three years uh, early on in my ministry uh, Wendy and I, we just had, I think, one or two kids at the time, and we took a church, a Baptist church. And I remember when I was uh, touring the church during the candidating process, walking down this long hall, and it ha- was lined with pictures of every pastor they'd ever had, and underneath <laughs> it was the tenure. And I remember looking at some of them, you know, one year, two years, yeah. and I'm thinking, uh-oh, this is not going to go it well. Kind of
1: re- yeah. reminds you of Second Kings, huh? Yeah, it does. It's
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> and I, let me tell you and it didn't it was it ended up lasting six months for us but that, yeah that's a story for another day what a nightmare that was it, it's but, been a uh,
1: great ministry i i uh the first six months i was here we did have a split mm-hmm. uh the church split and it was a you know major i thought it was a disaster hmm. actually god was just you know cleansing the church and hmm. starting off on a good foundation and ever since then it's been really really great wow our people are very very gracious and kind and uh, have a heart for God. Just really, you know, it's getting better every year. It, I mean, they really
0: are. I've I've just loved it. Wendy and I have really enjoyed it. Wendy didn't get to come with me last time. Last time I was here, one of my daughters, Faith, came with me for that road trip. But uh, Wendy and I really just enjoyed meeting the folks. So gracious, so kind. It's always a reflection of the pastor well, as we've so. traveled all fifty states, been in you know a couple thousand churches, probably wow. over thirty years, and uh, it's just always neat to see. And and by the way, just so that our folks can kind of. Get a picture of you. You are not only a independent Baptist, Bible believing, God fearing, dispensational, prophecy loving pastor, but you're a Harley riding pastor. Is yes, right? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, I, I, I saw
1: you pull up uh, in your Harley yesterday. Oh yeah,
0: I saw it parked out there. Today. I've ridden
1: a motorcycle since I was a little kid, and wow. uh, always loved motorcycles. And uh, got a Harley <laughs> Fat Boy, and I just
0: love it. Wow! Praise yeah. God for that. Well. Uh, you, are, uh, you are a blessing certainly to us and, and to your people. So we're here talking about uh, the end times, and I've been talking about uh, Spirit of the Antichrist and Spirit of the False Prophet, um, my latest uh, three books, and just picking different topics. Obviously, we couldn't talk about everything and the limited time we have here at Victory, but uh, it's been, it's been a fairly well received. But uh, you and I uh, were talking about so some of the signs of the times that you see And you brought up a subject that's very uh, meaningful to me and very interesting to me. I've talked about it in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, and that is the militarization of the police and sort of a correlation to that. The the whole concept of the, the death of our Constitution, that the people just don't read don't know don't understand the foundational document of this great country of ours tell me what you're seeing in that regard
1: well well, i mentioned that we have a christian school and one of the things that opened my eyes to that is the change that i see in students in our christian school over the years i mentioned we've been here the school has been here 40 years and there's there's definitely a change in the attitude of kids uh there's a loss of respect and, and it's really damaging. The Generation Z is uh, a generation that I see has very little respect mm. or sense of loyalty mm. for anything. Uh, we have kids that grew up in our church, and I always look forward to them you know, growing up, taking positions in the church. And yet they, they sort of grow up and sort of gravitate to other areas. you know, mm. it, It's kind of heartbreaking. Uh, mm. But at the same time, I, I realize it's a sign of the times. Mm. Um, parents have... Have quit saying no. <laughs> they they have a different type of parenting as a result of the end time philosophies, and I think it's created a sort of a disrespect. And I've recently become aware of that same disrespect spilling over into the police state. Hmm. Now you know the the scripture you mentioned this morning, Romans twelve, uh, verse nine and ten, where it says that we're to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Well, there there are police, and I grew up having a tremendous respect for authority, as most of us older folks did. Mm-hmm. And having that respect, well, of course, that respect is earned. Uh, respect has to be earned, not just given. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up being respectful toward any kind of authority. In my day, uh, a teacher, any teacher or any adult for that matter could correct you and you would be corrected. That was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Because people were generally very respectful. I see today kids being disrespectful and it's not entirely their fault. Mm. There are parents that are not commanding that respect, not earning that respect. They're trying to be friends with the kids or whatever the case might be instead of being a parent. And as a result, I see it also bleeding over into the police, which mm. really is alarming. Yeah. Um, I've, I've become aware of, of some of the things on on YouTube uh, called First Amendment audits. Hmm. And now there's some of those that are not very good and some of those that are good. There's some of those that are just attention-getting and, and for the wrong motive and wrong reasons and all kinds of things like that, disrespectful in themselves uh, and deserve some of the repercussions that they get. However, there are some others that are very wise and understanding about the Constitution of the United States
0: yeah, so let's let's talk about that, the First Amendment audit, but just in case some of our listeners are not familiar with it, because I know I wasn't, um, basically it's a, a group that goes around videoing things in public, which they're legally entitled to do because right. it's the constitutional right, and yet both uh, the public and particularly the police, when they get called to the scene, uh, Basically, tell them you've got to shut that down, you can't video this, and that's that's wrong, right? These police right. don't know the Constitution, they don't yeah. actually know the law that's that they're the charged with enforcing, right?
1: Yeah, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the police look at it as disrespectful of, of the civilian, uh, and as you mentioned yesterday, police are civilians also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when people start videotaping police then the police are held accountable and they would, they don't like that really. Mm-hmm. And now some of them do uh, good policemen do those policemen that understand that the constitution doesn't give them authority. It limits their authority. And that's what our forefathers established, a constitution that limits the authority of government in the lives of people who are, are free and have liberty uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is is granted to us by god mm. and the constitution recognized that uh, but it's sort of turned around uh, mm. there are policemen now who are unfortunately they go to police academy for i don't know six months or whatever but they're not taught the law they're mm. they're taught uh, tactics and maneuvers and things like that but they're not really taught the law and so they don't understand they're to their defense they're they're just ignorant about the law Uh, And So when they see a a person video them on a a call, uh, they get offended by it and they just walk up because they have the gun and the badge and uh, they think they have the authority. They command a person to stop videoing, which is a a right given to us by the First Amendment of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the right of freedom of speech and freedom of religion and assembly and, of course, freedom to... Uh, you know, to video mm-hmm. and uh, and that's good from a public forum. The Supreme Court has uh, has uh, made the statement that uh, whatever you can see from a public forum, you can videotape. Right. It's called the plain view doctrine. And
0: yeah. uh, unless you're in, you know, obviously if you're in a private place. Yeah, that's different. Uh, that's different. You right. know, if you go to a show or a concert yeah. and they announce it, being that they're in charge of their facility, right. No videoing—that that's fine. They're yeah. they're they're entitled to do that. But in public, uh, if you can see it, you can video yeah. it. If it's a private,
1: uh, if it's a private setting, whoever has the charge of that private setting can determine their own rules.
0: Yes, absolutely. But when
1: you're in a public setting, well, the taxpayers pay for that public setting. Yeah. By the way, that includes also. Uh, court uh, Courthouses, not the courtroom, but the courthouse mm-hmm. or the clerk of courts uh, building or the taxpayer's office mm-hmm. or uh, the motor vehicles or uh, public parking lots of police departments, mm-hmm. uh, public uh, police department vehicles. Mm-hmm. Those are paid for by taxpayers. We yeah. own those. Yeah. And you have every right to videotape those police yeah. vehicles yeah. Or license plates and uh, i have numbers and whatever you can see in
0: public you yeah. have the right to do that yeah so what's really amazing is is how far we've drifted from uh you know sort of the mayberry days yeah uh, and when the when and sheriff andy would drive down the street and everybody would wave and smile and if you saw him coming it, it your visceral response was one of joy and pleasantness yeah. and now, well, I grew up. <laughs> when, yeah, sure. And now, when when people see any police car, even the most law-abiding, yeah. you know, p- godly Christian, upstanding citizen, they see a police and instantly their heart skips a beat, and they start to get this foreboding sense. And yeah. and that should tell us something. But I want to interject that, and, and I know you you certainly know this. We've talked about it. That there are obviously great God fearing, patriotic Absolutely. men and women serving in the. The police forces and uh, peacekeeping forces uh so we're, this is certainly not intending to paint with too broad of a brush but you know it it is beyond dispute that there seems to be a significant rise in yeah. the number of particularly younger uh, police officers who have really uh they crave the power yeah and and uh, i think by that by the way that that's by design it's not only a spiritual indication of of the declining morals of our day and the setting the stage for the end times. I think there's a powers that be that are up there fomenting that because yeah. they know at some point to bring down America, they're going to have to to bring our, you know, our, our own forces against us. Right. And so they want people that are going to be willing to turn on their citizens. But well, there's a
1: mentioned, Respect has to be earned. And if they're not earning that respect, it's going to destroy the sense of respect between people and authorities. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. going to see some of the damage that's being done there, just like I'm seeing it in our Christian school. One yeah. of the problems we have is kids are not respecting the teachers mm-hmm. as they once did, and that's going to eventually bleed over into the public forum and and uh, police officers and so forth. And so, you know, something's going to have to be done eventually. It's it's going to be anarchy if something's not done, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid what's going to be done is. Uh, more laws and and tighter uh, tighter guidelines and less freedom. And yeah. I think that's what's going to happen.
0: I mean, what's so infuriating, uh, Dr. Wayne? By the way, we're talking to Dr. Wayne D'Artez. He's a pastor at Victory Baptist Church, where he's been for 39 years here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Dear friend, brother in the Lord. And uh, we're talking about uh, signs of the times, in particular, the militarization of the police. But uh, Wayne, what's, what's infuriating to me is that we have more cameras now pointed at us than any other time in
1: history. Everywhere.
0: So the the authorities can video and tape us and then use it against us. Uh, And by the way, I don't mean, obviously if people are committing crimes and doing something wrong, they need to be held accountable. But sadly, in an unjust system like we have, things can be twisted. Uh, I mean, I, I talk about in my latest book, Spirit of the, a false prophet and and how they're abusing technology to usher in a control grid examples of using facial recognition software uh and I I saw another example of that recently where they they arrested a guy he actually spent I forget how long it was several weeks in jail till they got it all sorted out he was actually raped in prison wow. during this time and the whole time he had you know insisted on his innocence but a, a facial recognition camera had you know, said, this is the guy. And uh, sure enough, in the end, it, it turned out he wasn't even in the state. He was out oh. in another state. He clearly was innocent. And uh, he's now engaged in a very huge lawsuit against that police department. But another case that I give in the book is a, a lady that was eight months pregnant. She's making breakfast for her children to get them ready for school. And the SWAT team knocks on the door, cuffs her, hauls her off, to jail she spends i think it was 16 hours you know in the court in the the police station until they finally sorted it all out and it was all because facial recognition said she's the one that did did a violent carjacking here she is eight months pregnant they thought she did now what kind of a police officer doesn't put two and two together and realize that this eight month pregnant lady could not have just committed a violent carjacking a couple of days earlier.
1: A young one who's not trained properly. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A young one who's not trained properly. But these yeah. these police um, officers, many of them, they 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 put on the gun and the badge and they think. And again, you're right. I think they're it's it's all about respect and they're not trained properly. But they they see themselves almost as a military force and they'll tip their hand at that ideology when, as we alluded to a moment ago. They'll talk about us, and they'll say you're a civilian. Well, they don't even know what the word means because they're yeah. civilians too. Yeah. Civilian means not in the armed forces, not in the military. Yeah. So police officers are civil servants. We're all in the same boat. They're supposed to be here to protect and That's the and key. Serve. Civil
1: servants. Exactly. And they forget that. <laughs> yeah. In Hitler's Nazi Germany, uh, uh, an officer could walk up to anyone at any time and demand papers, mm-hmm. demand ID. Yeah. Well, that's one of the. One of the tenets of our constitution says that we are free from uh, intrusion of our people, our our persons, property and papers. Yes. And so no policeman has a right to just walk up to you uh, without reasonable, articulable suspicion of a crime Mm -hmm. and ask for your identification. But police officers today do it all the time. All the time. And they just they ask and many of them know that they don't have the right to demand it. But they'll ask for it. And, of course, it's just a, a, a means of getting more information see if you have a warrant or something like that to try to you know, find some reason to arrest you. And that's just an intrusion of our freedoms. Yeah, uh, yeah
0: they do not have the right to do that. It's, uh, it, they have to have probable cause yeah. or a warrant. Um, I talked about recently on a podcast, I think it's been a couple of weeks ago now, with Leo Homan. Uh, You know, having grown up in high school and college in Texas, Texas, for all of its good qualities, is one of the most draconian states in the in the union. And they had a deal. I don't know if they still do. But for several years, they had a deal called no refusal blood warrants. And they would put it up on the highway signs. You know, those big signs that warn of storms or an amber alert and things Those digital signs. Put it up on the highways and say this weekend, Friday to Sunday, no refusal blood warrants. The local news stations uh, khou and all these different houston channels would would remind people hey don't forget it's a no refusal blood warrant and what that meant was if you were pulled over for suspicion of drunk driving let's say you're you know 75 year old grandpa driving down the highway it can yeah. be pretty windy in houston just like it's pretty windy here today and you accidentally you know drift over the line a little bit yeah well there happens to be a police officer there he can pull you over and because he thinks you might be under the influence he can stick a needle in your arm right there on the side of the road and draw your blood and you cannot refuse it. That's wrong. I mean, that's just unbelievable that yeah. we have that. And of course in Texas, they have checkpoints where that you have to show your papers 50 miles or more inside the border. So this isn't like a border checkpoint. This yeah. is, and so, you know, it, you know, I, I, I mentioned this uh, when I was talking to Leo, I traveled in the early nineties after, just, just after uh, the fall of the Soviet union, I did a mission trip down, in Russia. And we took a train from, uh, Kiev, uh, to Bryansk, Russia, and, uh, it was still vestiges very much so of the old Soviet era. And so there were gar- armed guards and they would come by and they would ask for your papers. Yeah. Um, the difference between that and now in America is at least they said, please in America, these cops don't even bother to say please yeah. Yeah. license and registration, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so again, we're, 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 we're pointing out the, uh, the flaws and the problems and the issues. We don't mean to imply that there aren't good-hearted. I believe most leaders. of them
1: are good. I, I believe most policemen are good policemen, and most of them are, uh, even if they're somewhat ignorant of the law, they're still good people who really have a good heart in doing their job properly. Right. They're just ignorant, and most of them, and the at least in the higher ranks, lieutenants and sergeants and so forth. I think they they do know the law. And they correct when it's needed. But the problem is, all of that should be trained in academy. They should, you know, a police officer should not be on the road doing his job without at least the knowledge of those basic principles of freedom.
0: Yeah. And, and nobody challenges it.
1: That's so the it's, problem. It's,
0: it's one of these things that, you know, honestly we all do it when they when you get pulled over for speeding i mean you've probably never been pulled over for speeding but i'll have to admit occasionally i do and uh and you I'll know plead the
1: fifth <laughs> you'll plead the fifth amen yeah
0: uh, you know you you know you you give them that information because it's the path of least resistance and yeah. you don't want to who has the time to challenge yeah. it but and so i do think you have to be smart you know you don't want to yeah. be guilty of doing what we're pointing out some of them do by bowing up yeah. to them and being disrespectful right.
1: Um, that's why I say some of these first amendment auditors are just that they, yeah. they're just antagonizers and try to cause trouble. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you don't want to do that. That no. doesn't serve any purpose, but, uh, but if
1: we don't exercise our rights, we're going to lose them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it was, it was this very right that we have to video public forums that in many cases saved people that were falsely accused of insurrection, yeah. uh, back on, uh, you know, in, in January 6th, um, now, sadly, the government and powers that be confiscated a lot of that video and wouldn't release it. You know, that's though, another
1: problem. Yeah, yeah, the 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 corruption doesn't end at the police force; it goes on up through the DA's office and the judges. Even mm-hmm. uh, we have a uh, we have an incident here that became nationally known. In fact, it was on national television, uh, so you may have heard of it. It was uh, called the Jeff Davis Eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were eight young women that were murdered in Jeff Davis Parish, the parish I was born and raised in. In fact, some of the people that were involved in all of that corruption were people that I went to school with. And so mm-hmm. I'm very, very familiar with this account. And uh, they they call it the Jeff Davis Eight, but actually there were more than eight people that were murdered uh, as a result of this corruption. And to this date, not a single conviction has been brought forth, not a mm-hmm. single one. Mm. And it's because of the corruption that not only through from the police force, but also the DA's office, the judges and uh, uh, the uh, an investigative journalist named Ethan Brown uh, wrote a very interesting book that to my, uh, in my opinion, describes it very, very clearly and very well. Uh, it's entitled uh, Murder, Murder in the Bayou or something like that mm. Mm. Uh, by Ethan Brown. Very good book. Um, tough reading, but yeah. but actually took place. In fact, I knew mm. I, these girls were they were crack prostitutes, is what they were, but they were human beings.
0: Absolutely, and, and they
1: did not deserve to be murdered the way mm. that they were. Mm. Uh, and and someone needs to find justice for them. And to this date, there's no justice found. Their families uh, have no justice at all, no closure whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: vaguely familiar with that. I, I researched that some years ago. There've been several noteworthy uh, criminal cases of corruption. Yeah, that that I mean are major, like that one. I mean that's one of the biggest. But yeah. there've been others. Uh, people. You it know,
1: happens all over this country.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's everywhere. Yes. Yeah, not, so not just, the, it's not yeah. the only
1: case. It's not right. isolated. Yeah, and the reason is that that judges and courts have traditionally upheld. Uh, the word of a police officer. Mm -hmm. If it's your word against the police officers, well, guess what? Mm -hmm. You don't stand a chance. Right. Well, in years past, when there was a sense of respect and integrity uh, and honesty, that was a good system. It worked. Mm -hmm. But today, because there are police officers who don't go to church, Mm -hmm. they don't know God, they have no respect for the Bible or for truth. So consequently, they have no respect for humanity either.
0: Right.
1: Uh, And it's pretty common practice for police officers to be you know to be abusive to their family, their wife, or whatever the case might be, and uh, so they have not earned that respect, and yet it's being given to them.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, and and it, they uh, it's very easy for them to be controlled, just like you yeah. see in politics. Uh, DAs are controlled, judges are controlled, juries are controlled, yeah, uh, and police officers can be bought and paid for, they can be bribed, they can be. I mean, it's it's human nature. I mean, clearly, the depravity of man is a degenerative problem. It's not yeah. getting better over time. It's getting yeah. worse, and so it becomes a house you know, of cards.
1: Uh, yeah, everyone is propping up someone else because of their wrongdoing. Yeah, and uh, while one might not have done too much wrong yet, you know, if he opens his mouth, he's going to get canned, yeah. and the whole cards is going to fall down. and, yeah. and so uh, everybody's protecting each other. That's what happened to Jeff Davis Parish, mm. and it's mm. still happening. By the way, some of them, uh, some mm. of these that. I'm absolutely convinced we're perpetrators of the murders. Yeah, uh, were have since died, but there are some of them that are still ongoing, and it's a it's terrible. It's really terrible. And there's
0: no statute of limitations on murder. No, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the people that try to investigate it, even investigative journalists, they find you know bad yeah. things happening in their life yeah, because absolutely. they're getting too close to the truth. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's um, my family's had some some unfortunate experiences with the injustices of of the law and uh, i'll save that discussion for another day but it we certainly understand how unfortunately you know you can't you just can't count on the criminal justice system that's why videotaping
1: is so important Uh, if you don't have it on camera if you didn't see it and and have it videoed then it's your word against an officer's Mm -hmm. word and you don't have a chance and listen Officers, the Supreme Court has ruled that officers can lie. Mm-hmm. They can, they can lie to you. Oh yeah, in, and, in
0: interrogation. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so if they lie, they can get away with it. But yeah. if you lie to a police officer, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, I know that's one of the, the great things that's always puzzled me. You see it all the time on these, you know, police television shows and movies and stuff. It's a, it's a powerful tactic where they will absolutely lie yeah. to your teeth, tell you they have evidence, get you to confess, yeah, and uh, and yet you can't lie to them. Yeah, uh, you know it, it's uh you know uh, that's why it, it it really is true. If you ever find yourself in trouble, keep your mouth closed. Don't yeah. say a that's word. What say. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's Yeah, right. don't talk to the police. You know, yeah, because and, you and just it, hurt yourself. And also, there's another facet of that. the 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 financing of police departments uh has gotten to the point where they're buying all kinds of militaristic equipment mm-hmm. i mean they don't look like a police officer anymore no. they look like some kind of gestapo agent you yes, know with they all do. kinds of equipment yeah, Now and their defense they say well they need that because things are so bad with drug cartels and all that and i understand that and, and yeah. i i understand that but if you give young men enough toys guess what they're going to do they're going to use them
0: absolutely and guess where they're getting uh-huh. all of that i i talk about this in Uh, my books as well they're getting it through something called civil asset forfeiture and they brag about it These police chiefs and sheriffs are bragging about how they're confiscating people's belongings without proof without due process right just you know you get pulled over I've heard countless stories I give some of these anecdotes in the book Um, I mean almost every day in the news you hear about it someone gets pulled over for something pretty benign like speeding or whatever and they happen to have a, a suitcase with, uh, say, ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Back. And and by the way, that's not uncommon. Yeah. I mean, in this day of inflation, w- when we travel, we carry a, you know a decent amount of cash because yeah. you just never know. Uh. You could the system could go down. You could be you could take a wrong turn right. and be and you need cash. Yeah. And so uh, I don't flaunt it. I don't make a big deal about it. But you know, it's not uncommon for law-abiding citizens to carry cash. Yeah. But these police, just the fact that you have that's say right. ten thousand. They'll, oh, I think they'll get a dog to come up. They'll call for a dog sniffer. The dog will will indicate, oh, this has some trace of drugs
1: on it. And how do you know that dog indicated?
0: Yeah, and you don't.
1: Yeah, so they'll, so
0: a lot of times it's the dogs just, they're just saying that he did it. Yeah. And he didn't. But even if he does, I mean, cash is some of the dirtiest substances on earth. There's no telling where it's been, just because it might have a trace of cocaine on it from yeah. three years ago doesn't mean that the person's guilty. That's co- completely circumstantial. But whatever reason, they then confiscate it and you never see it again. Then they'll confiscate your car. They'll confiscate your yeah. in the car. It's all, you know, related to this alleged crime. Yeah. And they do this on purpose. They train their police officers to to do civil asset for, forfeiture. And then they use the, that money to buy tanks and drones. Yeah. And, machine and you're not going to it back. Oh, you'll never get even it, even if you're innocent. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's like, you know, they'll do the uh, I, I reported on this some years ago. I think it was in my book, Great Last Day's Deception. But the FBI was training local police departments on a technique called the gab and grab, which was a gun confiscation technique, gab and grab. And what they would do is they would watch the obituaries. And when a good old hunter, or farmer, or good old you know gun loving American would pass away, a couple of officers would come go visit the widow a few weeks later, hat in hand, very respectful, knock on the door. Hello, Miss Davis. You know, I understand your husband passed away. We're just here to tell you, you know, we're sorry about that. He was a good, good guy, good friend. We knew him. And um, yeah, you know, I understand uh, he was a gun lover like we are. And the widow unsuspecting would say, oh yeah, he did. He was, would you mind if we took a look at some of those? It'd just be neat to see what he had. And yeah, come on in. They sit around the kitchen table. She, brings out the guns and they go oh this is great miss davis this is so neat oh this one is you know i have one similar to this or this one's great would you mind if we take these guns back to the station show some of our buddies they'd love to see this and she goes oh sure go right ahead never sees them again yeah it's called gab and grab that that's a technique that they once you
1: invite them into your home then they have the freedom to to search and seize. yeah
0: absolutely so yeah so let's bring this back to you know, biblical prophecy and how this type of trend, which is very troubling indeed, especially in a country as great as America, that's supposed to be built upon constitutional rights, uh, how this might play into the hand of evil doers, such as ultimately the Antichrist and false prophet who are trying to exercise full spectrum control. How, how, do, you, how do you see this perhaps setting the stage for the fulfillment of bible prophecy. well
1: first of all the second amendment you know I, I mean it's one of the things that is keeping uh the anarchy at bay uh because i mean as long as people have arms and can protect themselves which by the way was the intent of our fr- mm-hmm. founding fathers they it wasn't for hunting it was right. for protection against uh, an evil government right and uh and of course an evil government is going to be characterized by the antichrist and his government And as long as there are people bearing arms, especially in the South, Mm -hmm. uh, which there's a lot of us in the South, I mean, Mm -hmm. and not only in the South, but in the North as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally know a lot of people who have lots and lots of firearms and ammunition, you know, and uh, and they know that. And so they, you know, they can't really do anything right now. But the more encroachment we see, the more they begin to confiscate firearms and disarm the people, then what can you do? Mm -hmm. What can the populace do? Yeah. uh an evil government is going to be forthcoming.
0: Yeah, I mean that's history proves that that every yeah. great dictator has tried to disarm the citizenry first and, yeah. and I cite Hitler uh, in in his notes and a lot of people say, well he never really said that that the first mm-hmm. step is to disarm the citizenry. He actually did yeah almost verbatim say that in his writings in his notes, that were later uh produced so I, I actually get back to the original source of that so they they know uh, that they've got a just absolutely yeah and uh, you're right i mean it's um it's it's already happening the trend has been there for the last several decades particularly in the more liberal parts of the country you see you know less gun ownership uh in fact you see real naivete about gun ownership because a lot of the conservatives are leaving and moving south i remember we had some friends from Canada over one time, they'd grown up in the Canadian culture. Uh, they were younger than us. And um, they were stunned that we actually owned a gun. <laughs> <laughs> we own we more than one. But when we were talking about, they said, you mean you've actually seen one? It was, like the, it was like it was some kind of an archaic, mystical concept. You've touched it. You actually touched a gun. I mean, they'd never conceived of People owning a gun in Canada. I mean, it's unheard of. It's unheard of up there. And so, as I've talked about in my books, you know, the the Luciferian elite know that America is the one nation standing in the way of this one world system they're trying yeah. to roll out. And the big part of that is the fact that you know we've got a 250 year history of you know arming our citizens and and allowing yeah. uh, that. And, you know, anybody who takes the time to go back and look at the founding documents, it is not ambiguous the way liberals try to make it seem. Well, we're not really sure what the Second Amendment meant. (laughs) Look at the documents. It's pretty clear they wanted to prevent the government from tyrannically coming in and taking over the citizenry. So uh, it's just it's just a crazy world. But I definitely agree that they're you know, that the stage is being set. Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to wait First of all, I don't think they ever would be able to disarm American
1: citizens. No, not south yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, they'll be... No, absolutely. Uh, they'll get the low-hanging fruit. They'll get the, yeah. the, the dummies that are happy to hand them over, you know.
1: Yeah, not many of uh, those over here.
0: But there's not many, no. The people are are you know actually buying more guns and ammo now because they see civil unrest coming yeah they see this exactly what's lying lying ahead so i don't think that the luciferian elite that are trying to bring down this country are going to be patient enough to ultimately disarm the citizenry i think they're going to have to do some kind of massive unfreezing event that turns citizens on each other they'd rather us turn on each other than have to control us so that's why they're so divisive right now. It's everything is right, left, right, left, right, left. They're fomenting mm-hmm. uh, this type of, di- you know, dissension.
1: Well, as you mentioned a while ago, though, there are a lot of, of people today, modern in this modern culture, that are convinced that that arms are, are bad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they don't know. They have no idea. They're ignorant, totally ignorant to the to the reality of the situation, and and. Because they're convinced that they're bad, they just any type of incident that takes place is immediately, you know, it's the gun's yeah. fault. You yeah. know, it's the gun's fault. Yep. I remember as a kid, uh, I drove a pickup truck with a shotgun and a rifle in a, on a rack yeah. in, inside the cab. I mean, and it stayed there. All, I didn't even lock it. Yeah, I went to school like that. Yeah, all the all the cars in the parking lot typically had yeah. guns in them. Every, every yeah. boy, every teenage boy had a shotgun <laughs> in his truck. Yep. You know. And we went hunting after yeah. school. Yeah. I mean, that just was a way of life. But people were more commonsensical. Mm-hmm. They were, they were smarter. They were more respectful. Mm-hmm. And you never heard of any kind of problem. No. Mm-mm. But because people today uh, are are being educated away, they they don't know. They don't understand yeah. the reasons. And yeah. so uh, they're being told, and they're just following what they're being told. I mean, they've oh, been yeah. taught this in... Colleges, universities, and and political, you know, scenes. They're just being told that uh, that guns are bad, and they're yeah. just believing it.
0: Yeah, they are, and you know, the even in in the politics, you've got Republicans that are buying into that and slowly, incrementally, you know, chipping away at the rights. And they say, yeah. well, it's assault guns, or well, what is an assault? Yeah. Gun? And then they change the definition yeah. of that. It's automatics. It's semi-automatics. It's this. It's that. And to me, it's it, there should be no restrictions. Um,
1: the proponents and, of gun control are totally ignorant yeah. about weapons themselves. Yeah. Like you said, they have no idea what an assault yeah. rifle is. Yeah. And and really, like you said, there should be no restriction at all. Assault yeah. rifles are needful in a, in a defense posture. Absolutely. If you're defending yourself against a, a government who is well-armed, yeah, you better have an assault rifle. Yes, you oh, better. Right? I don't
0: think your little twenty-two is going to do much no. against this SWAT right. team. So, yeah, I mean, today, if you show up at a school parking lot with a gun on your rack, oh, yeah. you'll be able to 10 years yeah. for that. I mean, it's, there's no I mean, forget it. You're yeah. sunk uh, because they've got all their cameras to show what right. you did. But you can't have any cameras to show what they did. But and another thing that's interesting is all of these gun free zones. Right. Like that's yeah. going to solve crime. Yeah. You know, basically, you know. No, you know that no guns allowed here is basically an invitation to the criminal to say hey come here your victims yeah. are you know like on, the criminal
1: going to see that sign and say oh i can't go there oh well yeah, I, <laughs> I guess i better go somewhere else <laughs> it's just like <laughs> going happen
0: a, it's absurd i mean what a what a crazy world yeah. we live in well uh, wayne it, it is it is a, a privilege and a pleasure to find someone like you that is preaching the gospel i know you have a real heart for evangelism um i've been doing that for 39 years here at victory uh, and, and yet also understands where we're headed in the signs of the times. And uh, we're just grateful for your work here. If uh, Folks, if you're ever down here in Lake Charles, uh, come and stop in and see Victory Baptist, the great folks and uh, great men of God. And we'll be together in, I think it's in May, right? Right. The in Mid-America in Prophecy Conference. You're going to be speaking a couple of times. Yes, so tell sir. us your topics again.
1: Uh, the, the saints must and the saviors must yeah things that the saints must do as our part the yeah. church and then things that the savior must do as he culminates the end times
0: yeah as he tells us in his word yeah, yeah. he's keep he, he's you can count on it if, if god's word john does the Baptist
1: said we must decrease and he must increase amen
0: john 330 i think yeah. right yeah well i'm looking forward to being with you there i'll be speaking there myself uh i don't remember what my two topics are i just sent them in to philip the conference director but uh Always a great conference there. I think uh, Andy Woods will be there again this year. I think year, so. I think. Yeah. Yes. And um, but, folks, um, thanks for listening today, uh, Dr. Wayne. Thanks for being with us. Any closing thoughts?
1: Always a pleasure to have you, yeah, brother. Yeah. Always a pleasure to have you. Our people love you. Uh, and we've fortunately had some visitors here that have never been exposed to your teaching. And they are now, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, we got one more session tonight, and I'm going to be talking about Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy, which is also the title of my latest book. But can't wait for that tonight. Well, folks, be sure and check out our website. Lots of great material there. And you can check out the first three sessions, videos of uh, what we've done here at Victor Baptist Church a Sunday and a Monday. And check out our other podcasts. Uh, we've got a lot more to come uh, this week in the way of podcasts pray for uh, Wendy and myself as we uh, head out on the road uh, tomorrow to make our way back to Colorado and uh, looking forward to being back in the pulpit at Plum Creek chapel this weekend. But until then, God bless you everyone. And uh, we will look forward to talking again soon.